Hey, 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 Bria V. Smith here, and welcome to another episode of the Enrichment Talks podcast. I am joined today with my lovely co-host, Takeja Dre. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl. Oh, as always, you know, I like to start off our podcast by checking in. How are you feeling? What's up? What's new? <laughs> I am feeling good. Um, just enjoying the journey that God got me on, girl. I know that's right. How are you it, doing? I life is life is good uh, life is really good no complaints I mean of course we are still in a pandemic but outside of that I mean no complaints no I'm with that I'm with that Hello. 2021 did you have the opportunity to watch American Gospel I know we had talked about that like offline that movie girl no I have not but it is on my to be watched list <laughs> Listen, anybody that's listening to the podcast, (laughs) listen, if you have not seen, uh, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. I believe it's still on Amazon and you can even find like a shorter summarized version of it on, I believe, YouTube, but it's called American Gospel. It's a documentary. Very insightful. Um, I will say that you may not agree with everything that they talk about or like mention in the documentary, but I think it's a really it's a really good reminder of like the dangers of prosperity gospel mm-hmm. and I think the role that our country meaning the United States plays in the push of prosperity gospel mm-hmm. so, but we're not here for that we're not here for that today all right so today's topic um is one that we've kind of wanted to have for a while right like we've kind of offline talked about this topic in various different ways many times but you know we it wasn't time for it It was not the time to have this particular conversation but I think with the changes in the world and kind of certain things have settled today's topic is basically uh, race and unity in action Mm -hmm. and so we definitely will try to keep it as light and positive as possible but I mean I feel like this is a real conversation um that needs to be had and you know here at the enrichment talks this is this is what it's for right to have these good conversations so before we pose or share the questions we have like two two points really that we're going to talk about I wanted to share today's quote which is from the amazing James Baldwin And it states, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Okay, James Baldwin. Yeah, so I thought that was really fitting. So the first uh, question is, how are you currently feeling about the state of race relations um, in America, meaning the United States? So I know we have listeners all over um, the world at this point, um, shout out to us and you for listening. So we are a global podcast at this point, but this question really is more so posed for the United States. Like, how do you feel um, about just the current state of race relations? So Shakidra, I'll let you start it off, girl. How are you feeling about? There's moments where you feel like you can see some change, but then there's moments where you feel it's just there isn't any and so you're kind of just in this little tug of war type of thing but it's 
I can say as of lately, it it has been hitting me. It's it's been hitting me, sis. It's been hitting me real tough. Um, I've had um some racial things happen to me. So it's um and it kind of takes you, you you really get to see what um your fellow brothers and sisters are talking about, and you into you don't get to see it until you see it happen to you. And so for me, um, just really having that happen and someone calling me a nigger and I'll stab you um, and all of these different things and you're just sitting at a stoplight. (laughs) You know, it kind of, you just like, whoa. That's heavy. That's heavy. I think... um, (laughs) I didn't do nothing to you. (laughs) I think in a lot of ways, you know, people, and this is not like about political stances by any means because that's another conversation we'll have Shakidra and I sit on different sides of the we agree upon a lot of things but we sit on different sides of the spectrum so that I'll just leave it at that (laughs) but (laughs) I will say this is not about politics but I can say some of the ideas and people that gravitated towards the previous administration I feel like it made people comfortable Mm -hmm. with saying the things that a lot of people thought in their heads but they just felt like it was politically incorrect to say Mm -hmm. and so I think for me my feeling of how things currently are is being raised in the south and that's all I know I'm a southern girl if you guys don't know about my twang I'm lived in Georgia and Florida off and on my whole entire life so I'm as southern as southern can get right Florida Georgia line is a band but it's also like the theme of my life right so like they got some good songs so I'm not gonna they, lie they do <laughs> but I say that to say that I mean I don't know I'm used to the subtle and sometimes just blatant signs of racism or prejudice and the culture in the South in a sense, even those that might speak out or attempt to revolt is that that's the way things are Mm -hmm. and you just try to navigate around them. So I think that for me, that's just kind of like what I've grown up accepting that you just try to do what you can do to navigate around things that you can't control. Mm. so I think for me just the feeling of it's just I guess numbness I mean you almost become numb to it you realize it's happening but you just like I said you just try to navigate around it so that's that's how I'm feeling about it (laughs) but see that's where it I don't think a lot of people like really understand is that why do I have to be numb like Uh why do I have to navigate and tiptoe around your feelings because I shouldn't right um I and so that is so frustrating. I mean, you see it, um, even though we're not talking about the corporate world right now with this issue, because that is another issue. Right. <laughs> but I don't think non-people of color understand what it is like to wake up in the morning and you wake up and you're in this great mood, but you realize the moment I leave out my house, I have to put on so many different layers so that I can appease you and not offend you. And I shouldn't right. because you don't wake up in the morning to appease me or try not to offend me. And it's just the double standard that is there. And it is frustrating. It is yeah. so frustrating. Like I think that's <laughs> an understatement. I think when people, when we talk about like race relations and relations between um just people of different not even just different color colors but different ethnic backgrounds but mm-hmm. pri- primarily people of color right I think when people think of like white supremacy it is like 
someone storming the Capitol at this point is like the vision that people might have, right? But that's mm-hmm. really now and even before then that's really not what white supremacy for the most part looks like to most in my opinion black people it is like you're saying understanding that you have to minimize yourself in your own culture to fit in with white american culture so that you're not offensive Mm -hmm. um or that you're not perceived as a threat even if you have no intention to do any harm to anyone culturally even if it's even if it's indirectly you are taught to avoid trouble you are taught you don't you know talk back to authority and it's not the authority of like right or wrong it's the authority of supremacy like mm-hmm. you don't do certain things and so i think like because we have this cultural experience when you're speaking to someone that is white or someone that can have the white experience because that's another thing everyone that's white is not technically ethnic white they but if you have that experience based on just the look of you you may not understand why some black people feel the way they feel about like you said you're saying corporate settings where my morning could be great but if i if my job is a place where it's that microaggression with my supervisor or co-workers I literally every day have to strategize one to make it so that I can keep my job to provide for my family or two not be seen as whatever that stereotype is if you're a, a woman it's the angry black woman right oh mm-hmm. she's always got an attitude she's always angry or if you're super ambitious she always has to have you know it's like you can't just be someone that is ambitious it's she's aggressive Mm-hmm. So I think it's like those type of things. People don't really get to see, and it's really not, it's not talked about. Yeah, because you can't see something when when it's not happening to you. That's, well, that's the thing. That's where privilege really comes into play, well, is that you don't, a lot of people don't realize, they say, but I'm not privileged, but you don't really realize that you really do have the privilege. Because just by a facial expression, you could come in and you could literally just have a normal face of, a face expression like it may not be a smile but it's just you know I'm just sitting there but to because society has deemed this stereotype we'll use on black women as being an angry black woman me just sitting there with no expression is me being angry now I don't know did I offend her no but then again it comes to the point is do I can I not be upset can I not be angry because you have the opportunity to be upset and angry when you're at work but I can't do it and so it's those little things that I don't think that the world understands the pressure of being a person of color or the pressure of if you are a different religion, we can say um, who's someone who practices the Islamic faith that walks in that building with a hijab on and um, people are looking at them as they are a terrorist. They're not more like they're not a terrorist. That is just their religion and they're following their belief system. But it's this idea that you have because you are afraid. And I think that how I see it is the being afraid for a not person of color or someone who thinks that a certain religion is um, too extreme. Let me make this clear. All religions have some extremists in them. That's just it. Right. Um, I think it's a thin line. I think uh, my husband and I were having this conversation recently, and I think it's a thin line between religious practices and things becoming almost cult-like, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's with every 
every religion because you can take any religion and there be, can become someone that is a prominent figure of that religion. The religion has already existed, but that leader comes into place and therefore what happens in that in it, it, every religion, yeah. um, that leader becomes almost in a sense like an idol and be, with that, with that influence, it be, it can become cult-like. So if that leader tells you that you're going to fast for three weeks, it may not, it may be something that your religion mentions, but maybe not at that time that you're doing it. Or And in, or in the case of like people, quote unquote, wanting to make everyone that practices Islam um, terrorists, those radicals should not be the example of everyone that practices, you know, that faith because i know some very peaceful and loving people that practice you know islam but i do know some very aggressive and and radical christians or very judgmental christians so i think it's like you have to be very practical and i think uh, i talk a lot about this with people like uh clients and friends you have to have in this day and age you have to have an objective eye in mind because a lot of times what you're seeing is a mirage and the mirage is there for someone else's gain and that's on both sides if it's politics it's someone's someone has something to gain when it's pushing religious beliefs a lot of times it's something it could be money it could be power it could be whatever so i think like um when you think objectively you want to have an understanding, but just also look for what is the why that's pushing certain ideas on you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll find that people are not as different from you that you may think. And that's in re- religion as well as race. You know, like there are some very radical black people or African-American people. I mean, to, to sit up and say that there's not that that's not true. There, there are some people that's that true. spout things that are just downright hateful. True. But there's also some amazing. I mean, I. I'm right now, y'all. I'm obsessed with TikTok, so don't judge me if you see me on there. Just keep strolling, okay? Um, but I've seen things that almost emotionally move me to literally like tears, especially when things like earlier last year were so just icky. Some real allies standing up for creators of color, standing up for people that are being marginalized and really don't have a voice, and they don't look like me and you, Shakira. They they they're white and they're allies to the cause of understanding racial injustice so i think like but do you think there's a limit to like i mean not a limit let me rephrase that that there is a fine line too because i sometimes feel like yes you um are an ally but what is your intentions in behind behind being an ally for racial inequality and whatnot because there are some people who come in and they are literally like yeah I'm with you but there is a ill intent behind it I think again just thinking objectively um and and just using something like a or or I'm, I'm really big on um just saying stuff like this like with anything that's good there are a lot of times it's some bad so i think that yeah you have just say out of a hundred people that are saying listen i'm an ally for people of color or lgbtq um plus community you have people like that but then a lot of times their motive behind it is something that is negative or it's for attention. So I think like, yeah, with, with, with everyone that's saying they're an ally, that doesn't mean that they're technically an ally. I think Angela Ross said it best. Like when it comes to like saying all kin folk ain't all skin folk ain't kin folk, meaning that everyone that looks like you is not, is not for you. That's a true, like, that's a true statement across the line for a lot of the different things, just because they got on a shirt or they're holding a flag or they marching with you. <laughs> 
Judas at two, okay? So you better believe. <laughs> you better believe that they may not be for you. So that is so true. But then that uh, that also makes it so much harder because we and right now we're using people of color, um, and we can look at um, people of different religion. But when you think about it, it makes it so much. It makes it difficult. And right. it makes it difficult because we already don't trust you. And we don't trust you. Then you are coming and you've been an ally, but then it seems like more than more than half seem to be those they have ill intent. They seem to be Judas Isocrat, however you say his last name. Um, that's who they seem to be. And so it's just like how am I supposed to heal when even though you want to come alongside me, you still really kind of don't want to lose the privilege that you really do have, low key. And yeah, that I is think that's where anything. I think that's anything. It, People say the same, like, oh, we don't want to be on the wrong side of history. If being on the wrong side of history is the only reason that you're wanting to be an ally, that uh, check yourself, check yourself, yes. because that means that that's a heart issue. Racism is a heart issue. Any type of hatred or bigotry or discrimination, it's a heart issue. It's not, people can say, oh, they were raised like that or whatever, but it, it's a heart issue. And so I think like with everything that we're doing, if we're not doing it with, we're Christians. So if we're not doing it with the sense of love, don't do it. Like, what, what are you doing it for? Um, to move on to our second question, what is something you feel that would be a solution for the current climate or racial the racial issues that we're currently experiencing in America. And I know that's a very, 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 could be a very detailed um, answer. So y'all that are listening to us, definitely we welcome you to comment and chime in for any of these questions on this episode. But this is just me and Shakidra's take on these questions. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, what can we do as a solution for current racial issues in America. Um, okay, I think I have two solutions. First solution, well, they probably, you know what, they kind of tie in together. First solution is this. Stop saying I don't see color. <laughs> um, for me, it irks my soul. It it really gets my butt, my gears grinding, my buttons ready to pop when you say I don't see color. I don't see color. How can you not see color? Because when you look at me, you see that my I'm, I'm different from you. So if you can't see color, how can you actually come with a solution? Um, I feel like our first step of reconciliation is first off admitting that there is a problem. We have an issue with race, no matter how far you think we've come since Martin Luther King came along and we did all those peaceful, peaceful protests and we got the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Um, and that was great. Um, but at the same time, still, we got that, but people still fully did not embrace and accept the fact that we still have an issue. And the issue is, is that Black people or people of color are beneath those, are, are, are beneath white people. And that is just it. And so you can't move forward until you recognize that we have a problem. Secondly, um, another thing I love when Martin Luther King said this, um, Stop telling us to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Please, please. I don't want to hear another person tell me or another person of color to pull 
you have the same opportunities as I do. And um, I had to pull myself up by the bootstraps. Honey, it was easy for you to pull yourself up by the bootstraps because you were given the boots. Right. You were giving them. I, on the other hand, was not given the boots. I walked barefooted, just like some of my ancestors. We walked barefooted, feet hurting and bleeding to try to pull ourselves up from some bootstraps that we don't even have. Now, I'm grateful for my brothers and sisters who have, who are still walking it, and they are actually pulling themselves up. They, they finally got some boots to pull themselves up. But I'm sorry, we weren't given boots to right. pull ourselves up, and that's another issue. So I don't think a lot of people understand we still do not have it easy. Right. And we still need help with moving forward so that we can be able to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. I mean, come on. Abraham Lincoln gave a pro- the Emancipation Proclamation freeing us from slavery, i.e. to the world. He didn't want to free us. He really <laughs> wanted to keep the union together. I want to make sure we clarify that. Um, and with that, comes you, we get promised that we're going to get some acres of land and a mule, but you're giving our acres of land and mule to somebody else, and that's why they were able to pull themselves up from the bootstraps because they they got the boots. That part, I understand. So that is where I really think we need to start at. Is I see color, I see there's an issue. Now let me help get you some boots so that I so you can pull yourself up. I agree. So I think. Uh... For, in my opinion, I think there it's like a twofold thing. Uh, there is not one or two solutions, in my opinion, to America's race racial issues. Um, it wasn't one or two things or one or two people that got us to this point. Um, so I would say, like you, the the first thing I would suggest you we have to we have to basically come to the table and be honest with one who America really is when it comes to the acceptance of people of color and people that go outside of the normal white hierarchy of power for lack of better wording you know like so it is a hierarchy of power and so you have to acknowledge that um so that's number one number two um I think once you understand that there's an issue you are responsible for researching and becoming to a point of education and understanding. Stop asking people of color and black people to educate you. If you have not taken the time to do your own research, I don't have time to catch you up with 400 years of oppression. And I don't have that time in your time you research and then if you have questions or you need clarification because you can't understand the experience of a person of color I'm more than happy to share with you my experience because my experience may not be the same as my next door neighbor so I, I think that's that's the second thing and I think the third thing is basically this is directed towards black Americans and, and, and African Americans at some point we have to stop focusing so much on what we've lost Mm. except what we have and what we can become i think millennials and generation z we are aware more so than previous generations and of course we have more access to certain things in our ancestor but i see so many people so fixated on what we don't have what we what we missed out on because we can't trace our heritage back to our original tribe and all of those things 
we can't keep focusing on that because we're losing time and momentum for what we can be and what we are. And so I think like I would encourage anyone that's listening that is black is african-american to really take that energy and challenge it into change change is action so that is becoming financially literate and, and, and educating yourself on finances that is taking the time to understand how your united states government works the branches of government like being educated registering to vote amen you know like figuring out how you can basically bring residual income and different things to your family to make your life better overall. And so I think if, if, if the first two happen for our allies and those that want to help advance or those that maybe don't even really truly in their gut believe that there's an issue, but you know, it's like, if you keep seeing smoke, maybe there is fire for if, if everyone does their part and these, just these three things in my, in, in my mind, I think that we really could see some strides. Now, will it happen overnight? I don't think so. I mean, think about how long since the civil rights movement and people are still being killed in the street. And sometimes people act like, well, if they just would have complied we're in a, on a video, you'll see somebody, they did comply, but I digress. That's another episode. Sis. That's another episode. <laughs> but I think those things are definitely, uh, great points that you made i think this was a really 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 uh good conversation especially of how heavy i know personally you and i live in the black experience um this could go really really deep so i think that we did a good job with touching points let let us know your thoughts those that are listening um to us we welcome your questions your feedback um chime in if you if you have something that you want to add to the topic you are welcome to to chime in by you know contacting us going to our website there's also a number where you can text us to give us feedback um on the episode so we welcome that but i think i'm gonna go ahead and close this out for us today and um i wanna i wanna lead uh with two quotes this season that I think that I'm going to probably stick with. I know I normally have my one, but I don't add it one. Shakisha's looking at me like, what's going on, girl? Um, and that the first quote is, I want you to remember, you can talk yourself into something good or something bad. That's, mm. that's something that I've been like really speaking to people. And my favorite quote is, let go of yesterday, focus on tomorrow, but dream big today. We're out. Bye. 